0: All right, hey coach, Uh, thanks for joining me today on this Simple Coach Coach interview. Really do appreciate it. Um, Before we even start, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, a player that you've recruited from what I understand and will be attending uh, Ithaca College, who's a fantastic kid, Colin Adams. Um, uh, Yeah, so my son and him go way back uh, playing and, um, yeah, you, you couldn't have done better with the, with the player.
1: So. Well, I appreciate that. Um, we're, we're super excited about Colin and, um, any, anytime we can get a PDA guy, we're, we're thrilled. So, uh, we've actually, we actually have two of them coming in Colin Adams and Ian Schultz. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, we're, we're thrilled. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, let's just to, to get rolling. Um,
0: so you been at Ithaca since 2020 You replaced now, from what I understand, the current Tufts head coach, Kyle Desitel. Just curious, what's been your soccer experience and how did you, you know, how'd your journey sort of land you in the beautiful um,
1: environs of Ithaca College? Sure. Uh, I'll start with kind of my high school experience and then go through college and then kind of my coaching experience. So. Uh, started out in high school. Um, I played for Steve Klein at PA Classics, actually in the first year of the Development Academy. So was really, really lucky. Um, kind of caught Steve before Christian Polisic and uh, before it became uh, a massive place to go. Yeah. So was probably lucky to grab a spot on that roster before it got too big. But I um, was lucky enough to play with some national team players there, Zarek Valentin and Andrew Wanger, that were a year above me. But we got to train with them every day. And Um, Had a tremendous experience with him. He's a fantastic coach and he's gone on to coach um, in and out of youth national teams and and has been great. So I had um, someone great to learn from there. Took that experience, went on to Siena College, played two years of Division I soccer at Siena College for Gareth Elliott. Um, After my time there, just wasn't getting a ton of playing time, to be completely honest. Um, And then went to Roanoke College uh, Mm -hmm. and had a really great three years there. Um, Went on and played for around a year in Australia and a few different teams. Uh, I got paid a little bit of money to play soccer. So we'll call it some level of professional or semi-professional soccer there. Um, And then started coaching. So coached one season at Ursinus College, um, with Kyle Rush. Coached two years at Arcadia University with uh, Rob Nydick. Um, And then actually went to Ithaca College in 2018. So uh, got here in 2018, did two years um, as being the first assistant under Kyle. Um, got to know him really well, and we had two fantastic seasons. Um, COVID hits, Kyle took the head coaching job at Tufts, and then I was promoted to the head coaching mm-hmm. role here. So been here as the head coach since 2020, but um, been lucky enough to have been here or, or been coaching here for around five years, uh, you know, both as an assistant and head coach.
0: So you were Christian Pulisic before you were before Christian Pulisic. <laughs> I,
1: I certainly wouldn't go that far. <laughs> although you know, Mark um, Mark did coach our team at times, mm-hmm. uh, his father and Christian was around the training environment. But uh, <laughs> we knew he was special uh, yeah. even when he was he was nine, uh, I think. And he would come out and we'd be playing da games and be on the sidelines, and all of us would be like, "He's better than us already." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was crazy. That's
0: that that that's what I heard. Um, all right, so you've been I didn't know you were at Arsinus, um, which is an hour or so away from from me. But I, I'm just curious, because you've had sort of these different experiences, different schools, you've played at different levels, do you think from a player perspective, do you think there's a difference between the players of today versus i'll even say when you were at pa classics
1: uh i think athletically yeah i think the players have become so big and strong and just even the amount that people go in the preparation that goes into nutrition and guys lifting and doing speed and agility at 15 16 17 um you know even us at pa classics during that time we might have done some body weight stuff but we weren't on a strict lifting program, there was no nutrition program. Mm-hmm. Um, we certainly cared a heck of a lot about soccer, but uh, I don't think there was all those other things that went into it that there there are now. So mm-hmm. I think guys are bigger, faster, and stronger. And I think the influx of international talent at the Division One level has created an environment for us at the Division Three level where we're getting basically Division One players of ten years ago mm-hmm. um, that would have been on mid-tier Division One rosters, and now. Mm-hmm. They're starting their career career at Division three. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's the first time
0: I heard that perspective. Um, so you play in the Liberty League, which is no slouch of a league. I don't think it gets as much credit for how competitive it is, But I'd like to get your perspective. You know, you're playing against was it number? They were like number twenty three or twenty four, Clarkson, Hobart. Obviously, nationally ranked St. Lawrence, you got RPI,
1: you got RIT. What sort of what's your perspective on the league? It's an unbelievable league. Um, I think you're spot on with not getting quite as much credit as I think it deserves. Um, I think we're a multi-bid league almost every year. It should be almost every year. and, And we've kind of shown that since I've been in the league in 2018. So um, I can speak to since two thousand and eighteen for us we 've been in the national rankings, I think three out of those five years, and that would be the same for almost half the league so you 're looking at teams that really are competing on a national scale and are going to create um, you know an environment that that 's super super competitive every game so we 're really excited and to be in the league each year is is certainly a bear. We finished second in two thousand twenty one and lost to St Lawrence in the final and last year we don 't make the playoffs so um, they're looking at a league where there's a ton of parity, and, um, it's just fun to be in each year, to be honest with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, I'm just curious as a, as a new head coach, how important is team culture and what you're trying to accomplish at Ithaca?
1: It's massive. Um, certainly I think lucky that I've been here as an assistant and then promoted to a head coach because I've been a part of the culture since 2018, a part of building it to where we want it to be. Um, So that piece, um, I think I'm a little bit lucky that I wasn't coming into um, a culture where I'd have to get to know what these standards and expectations were before I, I get the job and then creating a different one and probably more of, hey, we're in a great spot. Let's keep building on our success. Um, but culture is everything. Um, it's everything that we do, and at Division three, I think culture is probably the most important thing that you can build when you can't can't have probably as many sessions as a Division two or Division one. So all that extra work in the off season is really done by guys that want to do the work. So our culture and what we. Uh, really preach here is that y- you have to want to do it. You have to want to compete. You have to want to do the speed and agility, the lifting in the off season, where again, it's not going to be run by the coaching staff uh, and we're not going to be there, Be there, but it's certainly expected to be a part of the program. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, that's a that's a good point, right? Because your guys, they spend more time away from you than with you, right? Like, I mean, I think if you balance it all out, right? And so it's those times when they're not with you what are they doing and I think that's sure. the, I think that's the binding element of culture right is how to, how do you get through those times when you're not able to sort of do things in a more constructed manner hey I, I'm curious because a total confession here because I don't like to talk to coaches like unless they call me out but I think I stood next to you in uh, South Carolina um for a like an ECNL showcase a couple months back, um, you were seated and my son was playing. Um, uh, so I'm just curious, like, what are the main areas that you recruit from for Ithaca? Because you're obviously going south and you're going to these these big tournaments, but sort of geographically, where does
1: Ithaca compete for players? Sure. So what we've said um, in the last few years is our rosters, you know, 50% from the surrounding states. So, Mm -hmm. you know, New Jersey, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. Vermont, uh, Pennsylvania recently. And then the other half of our roster is really made up of a national feel. So guys from really all over. So Mm -hmm. being at Ithaca College that has a national brand and a national name, we're really lucky that we can go get players from South Carolina and Texas. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've had multiple Solar guys. We've had SC Del Sol guys, guys from California mm-hmm. and all over. So we're certainly very lucky with that. But we also obviously want to win the surrounding states. And if there's yeah. a great player in Pennsylvania, you know, like you talked about Colin Adams, it, we should go get that player uh, as mm-hmm. well. So, um, you know, we certainly try to win the surrounding states. But again, there, there certainly is a national feel here and we're able to to go get players from kind of all over the country as well.
0: Are are you I mean, look, New York, Pennsylvania, like the Northeast is like D three very rich, right? Like exactly. there's throw a stone, you hit a D three school. Um, do you like do, do you I don't wanna everyone's competing, but do you have particular schools that it's like Ithaca or that you're that you're competing with for talent?
1: Um Certainly we do a lot of Ithaca or a NESCAP. There's a ton mm-hmm. of that. It's, um, recently it's been con college. Um, yeah. We've, we've been in the mix for two or three there sometimes with Emory as well. Um, other high-end academic schools. Academic, yeah. Um, that's kind of where we fall in the division three landscape. It's generally you are us a, mm-hmm. another Liberty league, potentially uh, a Centennial uh, or a UAA or a NESCAC. And then generally those players also have one to two Division One offers of some level, or at least mm-hmm. some interest. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think you probably see this at PDA a lot, which is all those players are high, high level uh, academic, high level Division Three, or some type of mid tier, low level Division One. So, a, a yeah. ton of tweeners. Um, but that's generally when we're competing for someone. That's that's generally where it falls.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. All right, just just shifting over to your season. Um, I I'm curious, what is your? If somebody were to just ask you, "Hey, how'd your season go?" what what would your what would your response be?
1: Uh it was uh, a great case of soccer being soccer for us. Um, <laughs> I, that's the only way I can really describe it. We lost uh, six-one goal games. Um, we were. Unfortunate to score three own goals, uh, two of those in those games. So you're just looking at a, a season where, if you got in a tight game, it felt like everything kind of went against you. And um, certainly, we've been on uh, the successful side of that for other years. So when I got here um, in 2018 with Coach Desitel, we went 14-2 and 4. And uh, after a season he had in 2017 where he was seven and nine, and and we got every break. You know, we went to overtime. Uh, with Wells College that year, uh, who's not normally a soccer powerhouse, and and we had to go to overtime to win that game. So um, we just had a season last year where it felt like all of those bounces kind of went against us. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be the first bit that I would say this is why the season went the way it did. And then the second piece is probably a pretty distinct – change in style of play from a team that's pretty direct in 18 19 and certainly 21 as well to a team that wants to have the ball and value the ball last year um and that's a change we've wanted to make make and implement and there's some growing pains with that so um we're okay to be honest with you there's no one hitting the panic button here we're if anything i think internally more excited um because of where we're gonna go in the brand in terms of soccer. Um so the results are what they are and, and they certainly I think next year will be very good. But um, you know, we had a year where everyone everything kind of went went against us in terms of bounces.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting that you say that because I looked and I'm like, wow, the and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but like the five ties and then um I did. I did look six one goal games, and I didn't know about the own goals. So, um, yeah, you were. Uh, I looked at your schedule, and I was like, "You're not far off, right?" It was just, you know, who knows what 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 the reasoning is for that. But um, are there any highlights that 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 come to your mind
1: uh, from from the season last year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would just say the highlights for us were we played, um, we were tied for 17th in the country in SOS. So we played the hardest strength of schedule we have here in the last five years, which we're excited about. We're going to continue to play very good teams and challenge ourselves. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's probably the first year since I've been here as an assistant or head coach where our SOS is higher than some NESCACs, it's higher than some UAAs, and, and we certainly want it to be there. So we're playing a challenging schedule. And Um, the, the exciting piece would be the soccer that we're playing. Um, I think if you come to watch us play live, you would have been excited about how we're keeping the ball and breaking lines and probably not excited about how we're scoring goals, um, and, and our finishing, but, uh, we've, we've added, uh, a few pretty special pieces we feel in in this recruiting class that I think, um, will add to that. But yeah, I think the exciting piece would probably be the the brand that we're playing. Mm -hmm um is
0: what's your rationale for the strength of schedule is it that the liberty league in of itself is not enough so the ta- the teams you play against in the liberty league or are you one of those would be like i want to play the best of the best at every given opportunity
1: I think we just want to play the best teams. Um, The Liberty league is challenging enough. There's probably some coaches uh, that would look at, at my schedule and a few that probably called during the year and we weren't getting results going, Hey, why, why did you do that? Um, But I I just want to play all the best teams. And I think Mm -hmm. for players within the program, that's even the feedback that we're getting um, is that, yeah, we want to play a great team every Mm -hmm. chance we can get. And in doing that, you can lose those games, right? Like, We go back and we win five or six of those one goal games, or even four games, and you're deep in the NCAA tournament. So um, that's where we, you know, we will go and we'll continue to have a really strong strength of schedule. We're not, you know, scared of that. So Mm -hmm. um, I think even if you went back to the 2019 schedule when when Des was here, we we had a meeting where we sat and said, "All right, how how difficult can we make it?" Um, And we played NYU and Messiah in an opening weekend and, and somehow won both. And then you're like, all right, we need to get two more regionally ranked wins and we might already be in the tournament. Right. Yeah. So it can go one of two ways, but I think yeah. um, if you look, honestly, if you look at any Liberty league team, if you go at St. Lawrence's schedule or you look at RIT or RPI, yeah. they're all going to play, you know, somewhere around what yeah. we're as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's like the,
0: I hate to say I like the idea that iron sharpens iron right like i get i totally get that, but it it can't if it doesn't turn out it can be crushing, you know what i mean like your your opening week or two weeks could determine the rest of your season, both positive and negative right like sure. it, and so that's because you're playing it's a gauntlet run every time right and i um so I'm always curious about that but um it, so why the I'm just curious now, too, like you, you had these success over these years playing a certain way and then this way you're like, we're changing it up. Was there a particular reason? Is it just because that's the way you like to play coach? Is it um, something else that was driving it?
1: Yeah. So um Justin, we're reviewing our results from 2018 really through 2021. And in that time, that four years, but only three seasons because of COVID, Mm -hmm. we had reached the Liberty League Championship two times. We Mm -hmm. lost to St. Lawrence in both of those championship games. Um, Actually, in 2019, we finished fifth in the league and still got a a bid to the tournament and ended up losing in the round of 32 to Amherst. And I just Mm -hmm. felt as a program, um, we were reaching kind of the ceiling we could um by playing that way and we want to be a team that that values the ball I think it attracts um the right player that we want a higher standard of player that wants to play Mm -hmm. and um also it is also the way we want to coach and want to play so um it's one we kind of overviewed the whole program after 21 and said like what do we want to keep and what do we want to get rid of and both you know the players and the coaching staff agreed that we're going to play uh, a brand that has more of the ball on a style mm-hmm. that um, is probably a little bit more fun to play in, um, but also attracts a better standard of player all around the country. So that change is, is something we're going to continue with, but that was kind of the reasoning for it. Yeah. Uh, I, th-
0: I think if there's back to that question about players being better, I do think that there's a higher level of sophistication with how, players view a game and I find myself meeting really quality ball players that have opportunities but end up being so unenthused about how they some teams play that they I don't want to say write them off but they just sort of like I don't want to play that that way. I don't want sure. to be a run and gun. I'm not that guy, right? Like I'm a I'm a you know, ball at my feet. I want to find somebody to pass it to. That sort of thing. So I think that's legit. Um. Okay, so it, I have this one for you. You got this this season, obviously with the five ties against, um, the good Texas Lutheran, a very good, like this year, a very good Clarkson. <laughs> You had a good Skidmore team and a good Hobart team that you tied yeah. what- What's your perspective on the no overtimes like would you have preferred to gun it out or are you you're okay with not going to o
1: t uh I would say that I'm on uh, the side of it's it's a good decision for player safety um, mm-hmm. I, I really do think that we played a lot of overtime games in the prior four years I was here and mm-hmm we saw those players getting injured down the line Mm -hmm. uh, as the season went on. So I think player safety wise, it's a great decision. Uh, We haven't since I've been here in 2019 ever lost an overtime game. So uh, in that sense, yeah, I would have have loved to go to overtime in in those Mm -hmm. games, but um, there's always a piece of that, that you could lose those games too. So um, I think it is what it is, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind the overtimes because I do think it's fun and I do think the players um thrive in the environment, at least they have here for us. We've mm-hmm. had a lot of success with it. But I and I, I talked to Coach Destel about this in his he year last year, and he was like, If we could just play overtime, I think we'd have five more wins because they yeah. you know us was a team that yeah. always did that as well. So I think it is what it is. Um player safety wise, again, great decision, but Sometimes, yeah, last year was was one where maybe we did miss, you know, not being able to finish those games.
0: So I'm going to gather you're a proponent of making the regular season longer for that very reason.
1: I, I Yeah, I would say assume everyone is. Um, <laughs> uh, I just think it's a, it's a really tight season. Um, it's just a lot of games in a short amount of time. And even for us, when we're going through our schedule and we're making it each year, I have to be cognizant if we play on a Wednesday and then we don't want to play Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And then what does that do to your schedule down the line? And yeah. there's just a lot of implications to playing so many games early on in the season. And I think there's probably something to be said for all of the NESCACs doing well on the past 15 years where they're playing at least a few less regular season games. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, a shortened preseason for them. So I, I think obviously it's changing now for them, but I think it's, it was something that maybe gave them a little bit of a leg up.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. I didn't never even thought about that, right? Like you can you can go two ways, right? You could play the max number of games you possibly can and at which point your the soccer gods can either reward you or punish you because of the wear and tear. Sure. Or you can minimize the amount amount of games you play and sort of try to artificially make your season a little bit more tolerable because you're not playing so many games in a row. And I, I never thought of, that's a great, that's a great observation as well. I, I would think players want to play more, but you know what? Again, NESCAC is NESCAC. As I to- told coach Desetel, they're, they're just weird. They do their thing. So I'm just like, <laughs> they,
1: whatever. They do. They do. It's a, it's an interesting way to look at it. I, I don't know which way is better playing 18 mm-hmm. 12, 15, or 17 or or somewhere in between. But um, for us, um, we're going to play 16 games next year in our regular yeah. season, um, which yeah. is less than we've played in our last five years here. Mm-hmm. But um, we're excited to be really ready for all 16 mm-hmm. of those games um, and really ready for, for each game and prepared for each game where I think sometimes there's some lack of preparation. If you play – let's say in the first week, you've got to play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, there's just no way your players are going to be extremely up mm-hmm. for each one of those games yeah. um, to show their best, to play their best, and to do everything that you want to do. So yeah. um, we're actually pretty excited about a, a shorter schedule um, mm. or a more condensed schedule of a few less games. Yeah. Um,
0: there's just, it, I like I say, it's just all of the demands on a student athlete playing a midweek game on the road is downright super difficult, right? How do you get up for it? The travel, all those different things, right? I think that's a really tough challenge. And when you, like you said, Saturday, Sun, you go Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Holy smokes. Like you just can't, can't always be up, right? Like I think that's just human nature, but for sure. Um, We mentioned you went three nine and five. Like you said, you had five ties, six one goal losses. I'm just curious because you said like on the final third is where you struggled, right? Like you 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 did well with the possession and all all that. I mean, do you think it was an accurate the the record is an accurate accurate reflection of what you did on the field? Or do you really do feel like, man, you just came up short and, you know, whatever, the soccer gods didn't smile upon you?
1: No, I, I don't feel like it's accurate. I mean, uh-huh. if I could send you the clips of a few of the sitters that we've, we've missed, you wouldn't sleep for a few weeks as well. Um, so I, It's just one of those years that it is what it is, yeah. obviously. Um there's a piece to that where we're also we need to find attacking talent which we've gone out and done in the last few months and, and we're mm-hmm. excited about who we're bringing in but um some of that also is just a year being a year and soccer being soccer yeah. and yeah. um unfortunately um it's not a sport where uh, a ton of goals uh, get scored all the time so yeah. um and i would also say it's a sport that i think is somewhat changing so like if you look at how many goals at the division one and two levels, and now I think even infiltrating division three are getting scored. Mm-hmm. There aren't, there's still a lot of one goal games, but one, nothing games I would say, but not as many as there were in years past. And mm-hmm. um, people are scoring goals. So if you're not a team that's changing to be part of that environment, I think you might get yeah. left behind a little bit, but um, yeah, I would say for, in terms of the season, it was just one that a, a bit yeah, unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's fair i do
0: th- i do think like the i i do think people are coming around to my my trademarked theory that this is a game of goals right no matter how you look at it what is the first objective of every player on the field except for one right it's to score a goal if that's your of your list of everything like your first job is to score a goal you can't score all right, like i do this whole thing an uh, exercise mental exercise except for the goalkeepers to stop them right 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 no, I think spot on. Yeah, yeah and and i think a lot of people are coming to that realization that even even on your your you want players who are comfortable in front of goal right so that if they do get the opportunity to to score they are have the capacity to score because we've all played with players that couldn't hit the side of a barn right like even if they didn't try right so yeah yeah yeah. so i think people are thinking that way can you get a can you get a center back that's good in the air on a header you get him in a corner or you're looking for you know uh, a winger who you know can cut
1: in and hit it with his left really comfortably you know that sort of thing so Absolutely. I, and coach, you make a great point. I mean, the amount of, and we talk about this in all of our clinics and anytime, honestly, we have people here on campus to talk about soccer, or any prospective mm-hmm. student athlete, we can go out and find a center midfielder, a right back, an outside midfielder that just keeps the ball mm-hmm. on any ECNL team, any MLS next team, mm-hmm. Uh any national league team there's so many of them cuz soccer's mm-hmm. grown so much in america that mm-hmm. and the coaching's gotten better right so everyone's learning to keep the ball they're learning to um you know they've got good feet they've got good ideas a decent soccer iq they watch a lot of soccer yeah. but those are are easy to find it's the players that can actually create chances when you game so the ones that are tough to find so um it's it's a good thing for players to hear i think from time to time is that yeah, like you, we went and watched you play, and you didn't lose the ball. But did you create any chances? If you're attacking, there yeah, yeah. or, or in an attacking position, and mm-hmm. I'm sure, that's not the first you've heard that on on this uh, yeah on YouTube channel. But I just think it's it's one where so many players sometimes look very similar, even if they're not, if they're not willing to take chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I always say, and that's the way I
0: coached my my kids. Right, like. You should if you're not going to be able to score goals and my two field players don't simple players don't know how to score goals like it's just not a natural thing for them. Sure. So my next one was like, well, if you're not going to score, you have to basically deliver the perfect ball for some be able to deliver the perfect ball for somebody to score because then a coach is going to value that, right? Like you might not score, but man, you could sort of ping a ball or get the ball to a guy's foot to score. Um, And then, and then after that, dime a dozen, right? Like you're just a dime a dozen. So, right. Um,
1: Hey, what, what,
0: have you started your spring practices already?
1: We start on Sunday. Uh, nice. Our guys uh, had spring break last week, um, back in class today, um, mm. and we start Sunday. So we're, we're super excited to get going again. Yeah. All right. So I, I this
0: is totally off the beaten path. But your game, when you come into campus and it sort of loops around, Sure. your high-rise is those high-rise places at the very top. Yep, You have all of the athletic things to your left. But is the game field up top to the le- right?
1: Yeah. If if you look at uh, the Terrace Storms, you've got to go yep. up up that drive. And then yep. actually our softball stadium, our two practice uh, fields, and then our game facility is there. Ah, I totally missed that when I did my Fields of Dreams at Ithaca. Because
0: I found the the really beautiful – anybody gets a chance like it's a super great facility that you have the pool and the yep. arena and all it's incredible sure. i found that turf field over there and i thought that was your game field and i totally missed it I've got to do a yeah. second fields of dreams when i get up there
1: i was going to say we'll we'll have you we'll have you out here again <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's actually pretty cool now we've we've just got some exciting news so we have um, carpwood field which is our um, natural grass stadium mm-hmm. We also have our natural grass practice fields. Then, like you're talking about, Higgins Stadium, which is a turf stadium. That's, seats yeah. around 800 to 1,000. Yep. And um, they actually just turf the football field, Butterfield Stadium, which used to be natural grass. And yeah. will now be another field where we can play home night games. Oh, so nice. Um, we can play actually at three home fields then on campus, um, <laughs> depending on, on who we're playing. But, um, yeah, very lucky with facilities for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they got top notch. Like no no doubt about that. That
0: new like I said that new facility that you have with the pool and the gym and all that I was really impressed. Really really impressed. Not to mention the views are spectacular. Um, yeah, so I I'm, I'm going to have to get up there again. So you make it difficult to figure out where your field is. Like I had no <laughs> idea until after I did the Fields of Dreams. I had no idea it was up there. I think I got an email somebody saying, you know, you didn't you realize you didn't even go to the soccer field. I'm like, what? No, it was and they're like, no.
1: So and I, I, saw knew- I was thinking about sending you a note as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, don't rub it in. We'll do a second episode, <laughs> like I said. I definitely gotta get up there. Um All right, I gotta ask you. So I like I said, outstanding, outstanding individual, really enthusiastic soccer player, um, Colin Adams. But what does the rest of your recruiting class look like? Like, um, you know, what are you bringing in goal scores, natural goal scores?
1: Yeah, we are. Um, we have quite a few. Um, I can't go into the exact details. They've, no, they've that's got a deposit, but yeah, um, we have a target forward that I think will be very, very, very special. Um, Mm -hmm. we're incredibly excited about them. Um, and then we have two wide players again that we're very excited about and we think will bring talent. And then, um, already mentioned Ian and and Colin to play centrally and another player, Mm -hmm. Nicholas Nazio from Pennsylvania to play centrally. So, um, and we add that to what I think is a really talented group here already. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're, we're very excited about the recruiting class. Um, also in my recruiting class was Liam McCursey, who is our first assistant now. We just added him. Mm. I think probably one of the best assistants in the region. Yeah. Um, just very, very excited about what he can do. Um, he comes to us from, from Emerson. So they won regional yeah. staff of the year, and Emerson made a really dramatic turnaround. And certainly that's not all Liam. That's the whole staff there that helped do yeah. that. But um, we're very excited to have him a bomber now. Yeah.
0: I, um, yeah, I saw that. I should have, I should have mentioned that, that he's just coming on board. Um, definitely a great addition. Last question. I'll let you get on with your, your day. Um, what, do you have any goals that you can share without it being, um, you know, you know, poster board material for your opposition, like uh, on what your goals are for the fall?
1: Yeah. I mean, we say we want to win the Liberty League every year. So I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's, um, and I would assume Skidmore and RPI and and, and everyone would have that on their board Mm as well. So we want to try and win the Liberty League regular season. Um, I think that's somewhat harder to do than even winning the tournament. I just think Mm -hmm. you have to run the gauntlet of every team and playing away games in the Liberty League is just incredibly tough. If you go look at win loss records over the past 10 years okay. of away teams, it's, it's, you know, pretty tough. So we want to win the regular league, regular season um, of Liberty league. And then we want to get to the NCAA tournament and go as deep as we can go. And mm-hmm. um, that's really our goal every year. So I don't think it changes a dramatic amount year to year for us, but um, we're, we're a team that's very close. Um, mm-hmm. In 21, obviously we lost in the final to St. Lawrence and hats off to them. I thought, um, Coach Toshik did just incredible job in playing us once. We played them actually at home in the beginning of the year, like I think the end of September um, in twenty twenty one and one two nothing. and then we played them in the conference final, and I thought that they were dramatically different in terms of how they wanted to play, how they tactically set up. So honestly, hats off to him. he does a fantastic job there. and Certainly they've seen that with their results, but um, yeah, our goals don't really change. But um, in terms of what we're about right now, we we just want to get better each day. We're a team that has kind of gone back to simplifying um, our, our end goal, which is like, do we get better? And if we do, then, then we'll see the results. But um, that was one of the things probably from the end of, 22 to right now that we've really gone back to simplifying what we're about as a program, which is just being a great person, being a great student, and then working really, really hard um, athletically to get better as well. Um,
0: so not wasn't the last question.
1: No, no worries. I got all the time in the world.
0: <laughs> um let- So in your spring, because you're transitioning to the way you play, what, like, what is your, what what is your focus? What is your focus going to be for the for this spring? Like, what do you work again? Not to disclose, but what are the sort of things that you're looking at to do with them?
1: Yeah, final third play, uh, (laughs) a a big one, Um, obviously. there's always a caveat to that because we're going to do all this work with the guys that are here. And then we're right now, our recruiting class is 10 players, which is quite a few. Um, so that obviously is going to change and they won't know all the things that we're implementing, but uh, final third play. And then breaking lines is the biggest thing for us. Um, we're a team that presses, you know, very well. We've been pretty hard to break down in, in the past five years, but um, I think obviously in 2018 and 19, we're pretty direct. So, we broke lines for better or worse from kicking it pretty far. Um, and now we, we'd like to break the lines on the ground. So, yeah. um, and again, that's not to knock teams that are direct. There are a ton of direct teams that play great soccer in division three and division one. We're, we're just not going to be that program anymore. That part, yeah. um, so again, like it's not to say that we won't clip it long if we're under tons of uh, pressure and, and we've got to release them or, or not to say we're not going to play longer passes, but um, we're going to practice breaking lines on the ground and and uh, also growing our fitness. Um, fitness is a massive piece of what we do here at Ithaca. I think mm-hmm. it's been a reason we've been a team that's won a lot of games um, from 2018 on is our standards really, really high. Our guys all believe that from player one through player 30. Um, so we'll continue to get fitter as a group and put them off into their MPSL, PDL, seasons, mm-hmm for the summer really ready to go so they can come back to us even more ready to go for the season. Okay. All right, coach. Awesome. Uh, well, let's, thank you for having me on I yeah. it. And I, I said it before, before uh, we even logged on, but I, I appreciate what you're doing for T3 soccer. And um, it's, it's really awesome and, and love having you and, and love being on. All right. Coach, thanks a lot. Hope to see you
0: soon up there in Ithaca. Um, And yeah, this time I will. If I see you on the field, I will make it a point to say hello and not be shy about uh, bothering you on the side. For sure. All right. All right, Coach. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer. I think this keeps him happy.